0: Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my Essentially Whole Magnesium Restore Supplement, made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code PODCAST and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. If you're like most women over the age of 30, you've probably heard your physician mention triglycerides before, often during a physical exam. Or maybe you've read about them in passing. Or maybe you have an aunt or an uncle or a parent who has higher than normal triglyceride levels and they're trying to get their numbers down. Or maybe you've even seen them pop up on your blood test results and wondered whether you were in an okay range or not. One thing's for sure though, too many triglycerides is never a good thing. And today, I'm gonna break down what they are, why less is more, how they can predict the state of your metabolic health, and a few key ranges to be aware of when you're looking at your blood levels. And of course, I'm going to be hooking you up with some easy hacks to help bring that number down in case you need to, so that you can get back on a path towards better metabolic health. So buckle up, because we have a lot of ground to cover in a very short amount of time. Let's dive in. So what are triglycerides? Triglycerides are a very specific type of fat that the body uses to store and transport energy. Think about your savings account. That's kind of how triglycerides are used. Now, they're usually paired together with cholesterol in most lab write-ups called a lipid panel, but triglycerides are actually a unique lipid with major implications for your health. Your body actually makes triglycerides from both internal and external sources. External sources include fatty acids, those found in plant and animal oils, Fatty acids include good fats like omegas and are important energy sources for the body. And when we think about omegas, we think about reducing inflammation and supporting brain health as well. Now, to store them efficiently, your intestine packages them up into larger molecules made up of three fatty acids attached to one single glycerol molecule, hence the name triglyceride. Now, the triglyceride is wrapped alongside cholesterol into a particle called chiromicron which essentially is a vehicle that easily travels through your bloodstream. Chylomicrons circulate until they find an available receptor in your muscle or fat tissue. When a circulating chylomicron binds to a muscle cell, its triglycerides are released and broken down into glycerol and fatty acids, which then the cell absorbs. The cell can then burn these fats for immediate energy. Internally, triglycerides are synthesized in the liver from internal fat acids, fatty acids from both glucose and fat cells in order to make energy. This process of internal triglyceride synthesis is called de novo lipogenesis. The liver packages up these new triglycerides along with cholesterol into a particle called a very low density lipoprotein. Like a chylomicron, very low density lipoproteins are designed to travel easily through the bloodstream. It binds to your heart and skeletal muscles or to your fat tissues where its triglycerides are burned for immediate energy or stored for later use, respectively. Now, having lost its triglycerides, the very low-density lipoprotein particles is a smaller and less denser, and now it's an intermediate-density lipoprotein, IDL, containing mostly cholesterol. The IDL returns to the liver where its remaining triglycerides are removed Converting into a cholesterol heavy, low density lipoprotein known as LDL. And we all know about LDL. Those are also on our lab reports. Although triglycerides and cholesterol are chemically similar, they both are lipids, they are very different in their purposes. So, triglycerides are used for energy transportation and storage, while cholesterol is a building block for cells and hormones. You absolutely need both types of triglycerides for optimal health, but too many can become a nightmare for your metabolic health. And here's why. Triglycerides play an essential role in your daily metabolic functions. They allow your body to bundle up a lot of raw energy sources, those fatty acids, into an easily unlocked form. But when triglyceride levels run too high, known as hypertriglyceridemia, they are a danger to your metabolic health. a 2021 study found that those with high triglycerides were 53% more likely to have heart attacks and other cardiac events like strokes, even after controlling for other risk factors. Another massive study looked at over 158,000 people over five years and found that high triglycerides were linked to both heart disease and all-cause mortality. And the higher the triglycerides, the greater the risk. The main takeaway is that triglycerides accumulate, They lead to an inflammatory response that results in far too much bad cholesterol, LDL, and not enough good cholesterol, HDL, and ultimately a buildup of plaques in the arteries that cause heart attacks and strokes. That's why people with more LDL, again, that good cholesterol, have a lower risk for heart disease. Now, high triglyceride levels are also associated with several other metabolic illnesses and risk factors, including obesity insulin resistance, hypertension, and type 2 diabetes. This clustering of illnesses is due to a complex interactive relationship between insulin, glucose, and blood lipids. Under normal conditions, insulin acts like a key that unlocks cells and allows glucose to enter so that cells can use glucose as fuel. But when your body becomes insulin resistant, that process breakdown is a hot mess. Glucose can't enter your muscle cells or any cells for that matter, very easily. So it returns to the liver, which then increases the triglyceride production due to the de novo lipogenesis that we talked about earlier. Additionally, in a healthy person, insulin suppresses the breakdown of triglycerides stored in fat cells. So when your fat cells become resistant to insulin, it is less able to bind and enact this suppressive effect. Your fat cells break down their triglycerides and release them into the bloodstream as fatty acids. But again, when we're dealing with insulin resistance, that gets inhibited, so we end up continuing to store more fat and not releasing it. We don't go into a fat-burning mode. And this is quite the problem. The liver rebuilds these fatty acids into triglycerides and sends them back into the bloodstream. Finally, insulin resistance affects the liver itself. Typically, insulin binds to the liver cells and suppresses the VLDL secretion, When insulin resistance interrupts this process, the suppressive effect fades and more triglyceride bearing VLDL particles are created. This problem literally amplifies by, it's amplified by obesity, which worsens insulin resistance. And it's kind of like a, a catch 22, right? It's just a vicious cycle, which means larger fat stores are available, leading to greater surges of fatty acids as triglycerides break down. So what causes triglycerides to rise too high? It's mostly caused by genetic and lifestyle factors with the American diet of processed foods, sugars, inflammatory seed oils, and alcohol. Certain medications can also cause triglycerides to rise, such as blood pressure medications, corticosteroids, even synthetic estrogen, typically given to menopausal women. We're talking about synthetic HRT, not necessarily bioidentical HRT. So how do you test for your triglycerides, right? Let's get into the nuts and bolts of what we're looking at here. Triglycerides are typically tested as a part of the standard lipid panel, as I mentioned earlier, a group of blood tests that also measure your LDL and your HDL cholesterol. And hopefully you're looking at other measures of cholesterol as well, depending on how um, extensive that lipid panel is. Routine testing is recommended once every five years for women ages 20 to 55, men ages 20 to 45. Until then until 65, it's recommended every one to two years. Above age 65, annual triglyceride testing is recommended. Note that more frequent testing may be recommended if you have certain risk factors, such as high blood pressure or smoking, or you are showing signs of insulin resistance and prediabetes. Now, the standard lipid panel also allows you to calculate your ratio of triglycerides to LDL. And this is important. This gives you a single number reflecting harmful lipids, triglycerides, and helpful ones, LDLs. Extensive research has demonstrated that this ratio is among the most useful numbers in tracking cardiometabolic health. The triglyceride to HDL ratio has been proposed as a surrogate measure of insulin resistance. This is useful because fasting insulin tests are not typically part of the standard lab panel, but triglycerides and HDL are. I mean, If you think about it, have you ever had your fasting insulin looked at, even if you've asked for it? And the reason why a fasting insulin test is so, so critical is that we could have insulin resistance 10 to 15 years prior to an increased level of fasting blood sugar or a hemoglobin A1c that's kind of heading towards prediabetes. So if you have a hemoglobin A1c of 5.7, which is the marker, of early prediabetes, if we had seen your fasting insulin blood test 10 years later, we could have seen that you were trending in that direction. And so because a fasting insulin blood test is very um, atypical, often it won't get approved. And if you do get approved, I am so excited for you. um, We can use this, again, this measurement of looking at triglycerides and HDL. So major studies have demonstrated that the triglyceride to HDL ratio is linked with insulin resistance, and some researchers describe it as a valid marker for insulin resistance testing. So what are the optimal ranges of triglycerides and triglycerides to HDL ratio? The standard medical guidelines for triglyceride levels are generally in this range. Remember, this is standard medical guidelines. So normal is less than 150 milligrams per deciliter. Borderline high triglycerides is 150 to 199 milligrams per deciliter. High triglycerides is 200 to 499 milligrams per deciliter. And very high, kind of out of control high triglyceride levels are greater than 500 milligrams per deciliter. Now it's important to note, however, that there may be a significant gap between what's normal and what is optimal, right? That's why I said standard medical guidelines. Many lipid experts who look at not only hormone function, but the function of the body and body composition as a whole, believe healthy people should aspire to far lower triglyceride levels. So an optimal triglyceride level would be under 70 milligrams per deciliter. And this is obviously less than half of what is considered normal, right? Less than 150 milligrams per deciliter. So optimal range is under 70 milligrams per deciliter. Some functional doctors would say you want to aim for under 50 milligrams per deciliter. Now, I get that that is a very, very optimal number, but I think it's important that you know these numbers so that when you look at your labs, you can look at it from a very functional standpoint. Now, the optimal triglyceride to HDL ratio should be lower than, less than, it's a four to one ratio. So for every four triglycerides, we should see one HDL. So when you look at your labs, you just divide triglycerides by HDL. Hopefully you're getting a four to one ratio. As promised, here are a few shortcuts to lowering your triglycerides naturally. And here's the beautiful thing about these recommendations is they are extremely beneficial for your metabolic health across the board, right? Because here's the thing I hope you've walked away from this really short, kind of in succinct way of looking at your triglycerides is that blood sugar, insulin, triglycerides and your cholesterol, they are all interacting. They are all running the show when it comes to your metabolic health. They're all a part of the complex processes when it comes to your metabolic health. And if you wanna dive deeper into the unique risk factors for women specifically around metabolic health, I will make sure to have that episode in the show notes because I actually give you what is considered, what are the five markers that indicate metabolic dysfunction inside of that episode so that you have a really clear picture of what you're looking at. So the key to bringing your metabolism back into balance by balancing your blood sugar and becoming metabolically flexible are going to be, number one, substituting low glycemic foods for high glycemic foods can reduce triglycerides by 15 to 25%. So what that means is you want to opt for the complex carbs. You want to opt for... The, uh, the low glycemic fruits, things like citrus fruits, apples, berries, versus the mangoes, the pineapple, the, the, the bananas, right? Things that are going to stabilize your blood sugar over time. It's not going to hit your blood sugar very, very quickly. And then the acellular carbs, the carbs that the second you eat them, they break it down into simple sugar, super quick, and they hit the bloodstream really fast. This is going to lower your triglyceride level by 15 to 25%. And I know you're wondering, what is sugar? And me consuming processed carbs have anything to do with triglycerides. And it was that concept with the liver, when it has too much sugar as a substrate in the bloodstream, it has to store sugar as a glycogen source inside of the liver after it's stored in the muscles. And if we have too much sugar coming in and insulin is constantly signaling and signaling and signaling the cells to bring it in and the liver to store it as glycogen. And if the liver has got too much and we're not using it quick enough, then we have to move those extra glucose molecules into the synthesis. Remember the de novo um, lipogenesis into making triglycerides from our glucose molecules, moving them into fat storage. So that's why this is such an important part of that. Increase your intake of organic fruits and veggies. Increase your fiber intake to 35 to 50 grams per day reduce your carbohydrate intake, and eat more metabolically healthy meals. I'm talking lots of protein, healthy fat, and fiber. And again, I gave you that really important fiber number. And if you're looking for ways to increase your fiber intake, definitely I will link to how to create metabolically healthy meals. I think it's episode 383, but um, I will make sure to link it into this episode because that episode is so critical for you to understand how to do it. Reduce or eliminate added sugar, alcohol, smoking, seed, and vegetable oils, processed foods, conventional meats, and farm-raised fish, right? It's the, we got to get rid of the standard American diet. And we know this to be true. Intermittent fasting or circadian-based fasting, especially for women, I really love circadian-based fasting. This gives us an opportunity for us to drain our glycogen stores in our liver and to start moving into more metabolic flexibility meaning that we can vacillate between sugar-burning and fat-burning so we're actually in a fat-burning zone. So many of us never get into that zone without being intentional, and circadian-based fasting 12 hours on, 12 hours off um, of an eating window can really help to support that without stressing our body out. Light to moderate exercise, like walking after meals and resistance training, again, muscle is where insulin resistance starts, muscle and the liver. And so, the more that we can protect our muscle and build our muscle, at least maintain the muscle that we have, the better chance we have towards um, longevity and greater metabolic health over time. And then take a blood sugar balancing supplement like my glucose support or my metabolic restore. I carry two very, very potent supplements that specifically target your metabolism, work on triglyceride, they work on cholesterol but they most importantly work on blood sugar levels and keeping blood sugar stable, especially postprandial after your meal where blood sugar really gets out of control for some people. And it helps to um, create um, insulin to become more sensitive. So these are the game changers. Um, I will have links to them as well in case you wanna go check them out. The glucose support supplement, oh my gosh, I cannot tell you how many women reach out to me and show me that their hemoglobin A1C levels have dropped. They're back in a normal range, they're under 5.7 or 5.6. Their doctors are not like sounding the alarm for prediabetes and they're losing weight. They have better brain function and they have less cravings. Berberine is such a powerful super herb when it comes to helping to control blood sugar levels, to stop blood sugar spikes and to ensure that insulin is more sensitive so it doesn't suppress you know fat burning because insulin can do that. Not only is it a fat storage hormone, but it prevents our ability to burn fat. Um, and so again, when we become more insulin resistant, it just it's a bigger hill to climb in order to recover our metabolic health. And if we have tools like glucose support and my metabolic restore, it just makes that hill a lot easier to overcome. Now, if you're loving these tips today, be sure to subscribe for more easy tips and more easy ways to heal your hormones, upgrade your metabolism and upgrade your health. And if you have a chance, go and rate the show, because let me know, right? Let me know, was there something that served you today? Is there something that you learned that you didn't know um, that you can take to the bank, right? And the goal, the more reviews we have, the more women find the show and learn about this because no one's educating us about this kind of stuff, especially if that is it pertains to our bodies and our specific hormones. Um, And it's important that we know this. So let's get more women to the show so that they become the CEO of their health.